Uncovering your truth and fire, one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is brought to you by the Spitfire Coach, based in Washington, D.C. If you'd like to put the fun back in your business or the passion back in your career, head on over to SpitfireCoach.com and schedule a complimentary consultation. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach. I hope you've been enjoying these awesome episodes from the Spitfire Podcast. If you haven't already, head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show or go to SpitfirePodcast.com and leave a review, rate us, pass it along. Check out all of our amazing episodes with our creative entrepreneurs and passionate professionals. I hope you enjoyed today's show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Spitfire Podcast. And yes, I'm a little biased. Uh, we're going to get a little punky today because we're talking today to the co-founder of Punk Post. We have Lex Monson joining me. And we're going we're gonna to get a little punky. We're going to get a little posty. Uh, we may talk about showers and, and the creature habits that happen when you become an entrepreneur. But Lex, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me, Lauren. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So we, we uh, are on a Zoom call right now and I had my screen on and, and I just unveiled the fact that I had not showered. So have you showered today? I did, but okay. I, had to, I had to tell myself that yes, I did have time to shower today. And as I had mentioned earlier, I kind of gauge it by like how many workouts I've had. Like one workout, I might skip my shower for the day, but I've had two workouts since my last shower. So um, it's like a confession. It's like, it's been two, <laughs> it's been two years since my last confession. It's been two workouts since my last shower. Now are these yeah. like long, like an hour plus workout or, or a shorter term that, that, defi- mm-hmm. that determines it? A 45 minute to 50 okay. minute type of deal. So I sweat though. So it's like, you know, one of those things where you're like, oh, people might not be that happy around me <laughs> if they don't get in there. These are things that people working corporate jobs who have to see people on a daily basis have never had to battle with unless it's a weekend. So this is, this is part of the process of, you know, when you have your own company and we'll talk about punk posts, but when you have your own company, you are in charge of your time. Um, but you have a lot of people that want your time. So, I mean, you were talking about, you know, do I have time for 10 minutes for myself? So how do you prioritize moments of self care and, and maintenance? Um, sometimes I don't, but I actually feel like when I don't like it, I think I don't do as well in my day to day and like as well in whatever I'm working on and like it affects your mood as well. So I just feel like I've learned like, you know, when I've been like, I'm too busy for this, I'm too busy for that. It's like, you're not because everything you do after you put a little effort into yourself is going to be so much better. And you're going to just have a better attitude and be more positive. So I just kind of am like, it will make your day better. Just take the 10 minutes, you'll get so much more done, even though you took that time. Yeah. It's all about investing in yourself and the, mm-hmm. the small changes that add to your day, as I'm saying this and not showered. Um, <laughs> but, but, that, but that word busy, it comes up so much, you know, in our rhetoric of like, I'm too busy for this. I'm so busy. But what, what do you apply to that word? What do you think of that word? Oh, busy. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like it's definitely overused, I think by all of us. Like at the end of the day, like whenever I have friends, they're like, I'm so busy. 
And I say that too to friends. So I'm like that friend too. But you're like, yeah, but we're all so busy, you know, everyone's Mm -hmm. so busy. So I think it's just like, it's almost like managing your time and expectations and not that I'm an expert on this or do it well but I do think like it's like just being like okay with getting done what you can get done in a day and then knowing it's going to be there tomorrow for you and that's okay too you know like you have to give yourself a little bit of a break every day because you know I think we all want to get a million things done in the day and like we all feel like kind of disappointed when we don't but that's like not very realistic or fair to yourself really Mm -hmm. yeah definitely but we used it as almost this buffer like it's acceptable to say we're busy but I actually wrote a blog post about it of like you know busy is the new fu like because it's not saying I'm busy and by the way I'm free on this time to make you a priority it's basically saying I'm not free and available to you I'm busy. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, I was reading this article too about like how people, it's like, um, not, it's not like a status symbol, but it's kind of like a symbol that you're doing well in life that you're so busy or something like, people yeah. use it. like my time is so valuable. I'm so busy. I don't have time for it. Like you just said, like, I'm not prioritizing you or whatever. So yeah, it's like this this crazy badge of honor of like, look how full my time is. Mm-hmm. But it's not because then you're not making the people that you care about or yourself a priority. And yeah. you're stuck in the web, but we're chasing the busyness. Yes, totally. And it's, yeah, it's so true. And then like, even sometimes I think like busy can also kind of be a form of laziness. I've actually mm. thought about this a lot lately. Like, um, you know, like sometimes when you're working so much, it's like, yes, you're working, but your life needs to be more multifaceted than that. And that's actually harder sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it feels easier sometimes just to keep working. Yeah. I mean, work can become a distraction just like anything else. So if there's not moderation or, or a level of integration into what it is that you want to do, it can absolutely become a, uh, a, a, bully in your life Mm -hmm. it just knocks everything else out yeah that's a good word for it bully yeah bully busy bully (laughs) (laughs) so tell me tell me about punk post so i was introduced to you by my friend nikki who um is one of your artists um but when did you come up with this idea so you're the co-founder of punk post Yes, that's right. So firstly, I just want to say Nikki's amazing and talented and so so sweet. So thank her for introducing us. Um, And yeah, so Punk Post, we started it. um, My husband and I are actually co-founders of it. uh, So we live and work together and we're crazy people. Um, But we came up with the idea about three years ago now. And um, Santiago, my co-founder, he used to work at a design firm called IDEO. And he would travel a lot while he was there giving various presentations. Um, And he had one uh, presentation that he was particularly nervous about in Boston. So um, knowing that, I kind of just sent a little handwritten card to his hotel so it would be there when he arrived, just wishing him good luck and telling him that he was going to do great and all that. So um, he got it at the hotel and you know I think we whether it's at a hotel or even in our home mailbox where we get mail all the time um finding a handwritten card in there it has this like strange 
delight and excitement to it, even though it's this very simple thing. Um, mm-hmm. So he experienced that and he was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And, you know, can totally change someone's mood or attitude. And so he was like, I want to send a card back to Lex. So she like gets this same feeling. Um, so when he was done with his presentation, he tried to find a, on it. He was at the airport, so that's like mm-hmm. a blocker already. And um, he tried to find like a cool greeting card to send to me. And like, you know, firstly, that can sometimes be a problem because sometimes greeting cards are very cheesy. <laughs> They're so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Which a little bit of cheese is sometimes fun, but some yeah. of them are like, wow. Um, and then like just finding a postage stamp and like having somewhere to sit down and write. And so like he came home and we were talking about all of this and we're like, yeah, like greeting cards, handwritten cards are so powerful. Like they make people feel so good, but like with, you know, it's just with the speed of our life, the busyness, as we were talking mm-hmm. about, like sometimes, you know, people have these good intentions, but life gets in the way and they're not mm-hmm. able to make good on their good intentions. So we wanted to, the idea was to help people just make each other feel good and like with handwritten cards. So um, we, the first version of Punk Post, we just built on a square space just to test out the idea. And we took it to um, a little kind of craft fair show and test out the idea there and people were super into it so then we um move forward with turning it into an app awesome so when a customer comes to you or someone who's interested in punk post what are they typically looking for um what are they looking to do they're looking to send a handwritten card so it also like totally depends on like time of the year like right now we're in the midst of father's day Um, so people are coming for Father's Day cards, like, but ongoing ones are like birthdays, thank yous. And I don't know, mostly they want to make their friends and family feel good, right? And like, you know, a greeting card's kind of a way to be there physically in a way when you can't be. Mm -hmm. And also our idea is like, we never want to try to mimic someone's handwriting. So that's why we employ awesome artists like Nikki, your friend, um, Mm -hmm. who, you know, take your message and amplify it. So it's not like, oh, I cheated. I'm having someone else write this card for me. It's more like I wanted this card to be so awesome that I actually employed the help of a handwriting artist to like make it even better than it would be. That's awesome. So where did this idea of using artists and kind of, because I, because I bet like, you know, you could have done it yourself and had it, you know, internally managed, but where did the idea come from of branching out to using other artists? I mean, honestly, it happened pretty organically. Like when we first started, I mean, we were so, you know, it's like if we had 10 orders a day, we were so pumped. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, so then it was like Santiago and I were just um, doing the handwriting and um, which was fine for a time, but it just kind of happened organically. Like people found out like what we were doing and we started having all these people with this incredible talent reach out to us and be like, I want to handwrite cards for you guys. I want to, and so, um, 
yeah, it was kind of more like it just came to us and we were like, oh yeah. And like so many people are so crazy talented and love to do lettering and it's kind of just a good creative outlet for them Mm -hmm. or lets them practice their skills. So um, yeah, it's worked out really well. We always say our community is the best thing about Punk Post. I mean, really the handwriting artists are what Punk Post is. So That's awesome. So did you have any idea when you first had this idea that it would turn into what it has? Yeah, we hoped so. (laughs) (laughs) So when when you sat down at that table and you're like, you know, we should do this, let's create this Squarespace, what did you envision for yourself? I think at that point, we didn't really have many expectations. It was like an idea we really liked, but you know, I think we all have ideas we really like every day, but then seeing if like the general public and people who don't know you like the idea too, or not even like the idea, people might like the idea, but if it's something that they legitimately need or could use in their life and that make their lives better or easier. So I think that was the thing because, you know, a lot of ideas, you're like, that's a cool idea. So I think like when we went with the Squarespace, um direction we at that point we were like "Mm, let's just see what happens but yes at when we first took it to people and to see like how excited and how much they wanted to use it I think that was a moment for us that was like very exciting and then I mean we that was the point where we're like we felt so confident in it after just that one weekend that we were like okay we're gonna quit our jobs and do this for real so so how long did it take you to get to that point? Um, so Santiago quit his job first, and it was very quickly afterwards um, mm-hmm. because he did the programming for the app. So basically, he spent a year just building the app itself. And then I, so I worked for an additional year um, before I joined him. Wow. So I have run a business with my now ex-husband, so clearly that did not go well. (laughs) Uh, But how do you find balance between running a business and maintaining a relationship? Um, Where do you you see like the the necessary attention or focus in order to create that balance? It's really hard. I'm not going to lie. Um, I mean, you've done it, so you know. Um, I think for us, we do, I think like, actually having a dog is really good for us because there's like something outside of like Mm -hmm. punk post that we like have a responsibility to and it like he our dog makes us like go to the beach on the weekends he's like a hyperactive thing and you got a bossy dog he's so (laughs) so good for us that he's so bossy because then we go out of town and go hiking with him and take him to the beach on weekends and um so that's really good and then just like I don't know just like trying to go out for like date dinners once a week and also like trying to go on vacations but also being like we don't have to do every activity together since we're together all day also like you go out and do your thing too and I'll go out and do mine so I think that sometimes gets hard when you're together all the time remembering like you don't have to be together all the time. Like there's a bunch of friends out there that you can go hang with and just like, you know, have different experiences too. Yeah. I mean, I think boundaries are so important of maintaining your own personal identity in addition to the relationship and the business. 
So if you looked at those three things, so your own personal identity, the relationship and the business, how would you rank those three as from importance level? Oh, well, right now I'm not saying, I don't think people should do this, but I think like we are like so dedicated to punk post that that is probably number one for us right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's, that healthy to be honest but um for us it just needs to be we're so young and it's like we just you know when you're so passionate about something um so that's I think both of ours number one right now mm -hmm. and then the next two gosh this is a tough question um <laughs> probably I think we prioritize our relationship. I mean, I shouldn't say our, I don't know what Santiago would answer. <laughs> I'm like acting like I know. Um, but I would say our relationship just because that is like, if it's not good, it like affects, so, you know, it yeah. then does start to affect your business and your personal life and just your mood. So that's number two. And then three, although I, three is me, although I do think I give myself a fair amount of attention. I don't think I'm like ignoring my personal self. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, th I think that's an honest answer though. And, and I, I would have questioned if I heard a, a forced answer, which is what a lot of people do is where I come first and then the relationship and then the business. And we all know that when you are starting a business and in the initial inception and you're making it work, it becomes a priority as yeah. healthy or as unhealthy as that may be is what happens. Yeah, totally. I mean, I can't imagine it not being first. That's how first it is. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at a typical day, where do you think, what activity within the business do you think you spend your, most of your time in? Mm, it kind of depends on the week, to be honest, like, because I just have my hands in so many things still because we're still very scrappy. So like a lot of times I'm doing like, partnership stuff or talking to other people like how can we work with like pilot pens or you know different brands to do things or just get mm -hmm. punk post name out there um a lot of times i'm doing like hardcore pr we do a lot of pr or we try to um just because I feel like, you know, when you can get someone else talking about your brand or your product, it's so much nicer than you just telling mm -hmm. people how great it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm so wonderful. You should buy my product. <laughs> yeah, which gets like, oh my gosh, please don't make me tell you that. Um, so it's nice to have someone else come to your aid for that. So we, I do a lot of PR some weeks. And then like a lot of it is I do like the merchandising as well. So like finding new card artists to work with and figuring out what cards we need to release and when. So I think those are like my three main focuses. And then like also like how are we growing the business? Like what other things can we add? Um, you know, things in that realm. Awesome. What's your favorite thing to do? Oh, my favorite thing. Oh, gosh. Um, I kind of like that I get to do so many things. Um, I wish I had more time for each of the things. I think, um, let's see, my favorite. Gosh, I really like working with card artists, and, but I also really like doing PR. Those are probably my favorite two things. Well, yeah. I could see how those would work together, too. So if the artists are creating it, they're actually promoting the brand. Yeah, that's true. I don't really like think of it that way, but that is really true. Yeah, that is that's true. They do that. 
Yeah. I, I see Nikki posting stuff all the time and I was like, this yeah. is awesome. That's yeah, great. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. What is your least favorite thing to do? Oh, I hate like all the like legal accounting, <laughs> like all that stuff. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is. There's no fun in that. <laughs> if I go to hell, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a, a lawyer or or an accountant. Yeah, it's just like, that's like torture to me. And it's like one of those things, if I would just do it, it wouldn't be so bad, but I lament it so much mm. that it like makes it way worse than it is. And I like knowing, like, I know I'm doing that, so I don't know why I keep doing it, but. Because it's not fun. It's not part of your, your strength. But I, when I talk to my clients who are small business owners, I talk to them about eating their vegetables. So yeah. it's, the, it's those things that doesn't, they don't taste good. They're not fun, but they're necessary in order to fuel them and to allow them to eat their dessert later on. Yeah, exactly. It's like building your foundation so you can add like the decorations or something. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, we all have that, but I think there's there's a point that comes in your business of when you're ready to let it go or delegate because there's also this whole uh, like misconception that we have to do it all. Like mm -hmm. I went and hired an accountant. I'm not doing this stuff. Like I have QuickBooks that I update, but I will hire a lawyer and I will hire an accountant and I will focus on what I do best. Yeah, totally. And we even have a lawyer and an accountant, but even just like small interactions with them, I'm like, I don't want to think about any of them. <laughs> I know like, bad I am. Don't burden me with the legal question. I just need you to sign a check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you figure all this stuff out. <laughs> do it for me. Well, then, then you get into the trouble that a lot of people have where, you know, you talk about actors who are making millions of dollars and they have these business managers. And then they end up embezzling money because they're oh, so God. out of touch of the process. Right. Yes. And I think that's like, even if it's like legal or even if it's something like, you know, any part of your business, I think that gets hard too. like, I mean, we're not that big that I know that yet, but I can see it getting like where you're like, I don't even know what's going on with. Um, our PR, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. as you grow, it's like just more and more adds up. And I mean, I think the hope is that you don't lose touch with any part of your business. But I, yeah, we haven't gotten to that point yet. So yeah, it becomes more of a high level touch in yeah. touch point as opposed to doing the dirty work. But there's right. also the fun of the dirty work if you enjoy mm -hmm. doing it. Oh, yeah, totally. It's really like sometimes when I think like letting things go gets um hard but then mm -hmm. when you do and you see someone else doing it better than you were too that's like so satisfying too yeah you're like I thought I was doing because you know there's that saying like you know if you want it done right do it yourself and like sometimes I find myself saying that to myself and then I'll like hand something else off to someone else and I was like in this case, no, like this person's killing it. And I was doing like an average job at best. Yeah. So. I think there needs to be a caveat to that saying it's like, if you want it done right, do it yourself unless someone else does it better than you. Right. And there probably is someone who does it better than you. Absolutely. At the beginning, you're doing everything yourself. So let's be honest, you're not doing probably anything perfectly because you're spread so thin. So like just getting someone who's so passionate about a very specific thing is like amazing when that happens. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm in the process of, of putting my book out. So I wrote the book oh. and, and I wrote a book in six weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
wow, that's amazing. Congrats. How Thanks. do you do that? <laughs> so I, when I get creative, I just find pockets of time. Like I would sit in bed and just write for three hours. Um, and I, I can get my schedule in that way because I do sessions that are pre-planned like a week in advance. So I know when I have blocks of time and I, I had this idea. Um, I, this is my third book that I attempted to write. And the first two just didn't connect. And I feel like this third book is kind of the, the merger of the two. Um, but I had this idea the book's called Spitting Fire. And I was like, I want to do more research on fire. And so I looked at what are the key elements to create fire. And they have this thing called the, the fire tetrahedron. And I was like, there needs to be a spitfire tetrahedron. And so based on that, it's, it literally sparked the match that created the energy flow to just happen. Um, so I wrote the book in six weeks, but then it sat for two months because I'm like, I don't have the interest or the motivation to edit this. And I know it needs to be edited because I know that when I do free flow, there are errors at the wazoo and some things may not make sense. Mm-hmm. And so last week I decided I'm just going to hire an editor. And I went on Upwork and I found this amazing woman in Georgetown, right in Washington, DC. She got it done in four hours. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yes. Four so hours. <laughs> yeah. You're like, great. And you were like, I'm done. You, it's not that you were done with it, but you like need, sometimes you need to distance yourself from things too. So it's Well, like, I know my skill set is not like I can edit other people's work, but like when I look at 24,000 words, wow. I know that I have a personal attachment that's going to like labor on every paragraph or what could be better and what could do this as opposed to someone who's completely disconnected from the outcome. Like they want to do a good job. They want a good review, but I would have been like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And then I play the semantics game. Um, So now I have a proofreader looking through it because I went and did the changes. Um, And now I've gone and contracted a book designer and, you know, then I'll hire a book designer for uh, the inside of it and an illustrator and all good. Actually, if you know an illustrator, I, I need some art for my book. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know a lot of illustrators. Yes, so I know I was talking to the right person. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk offline about that. But this is the thing. It's like, you, you, once you just put it out there, you, you're like, oh, I know this person who could know th- these people who could help me out instead of me trying to figure out how to do illustrations in a book. Right, exactly. Which is like, yeah, seems like a nightmare kind of. So um, that's so cool. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's also awesome to get more people in on your project because, you know, I think they take a sense of ownership of it too Mm -hmm. and just make it so much better. You know, it's kind of like more eyes, more hands can, you know, see I don't know, see the full picture better than you can yeah. yourself. So. Well, when you're in the weeds, I mean, you're in the minutia of it and you, can never, you can't pull back because you're in it too deep. Yes, that is so, very So the most obvious thing that could be like a little bit higher up and to the left, you don't see it because you're so in the thick of it. That is very, very true, yes. Yeah, but I actually, like this just sparked an idea, like this idea of bringing in other people where they actually like by working on the project become ambassadors of it and mm-hmm. promoting it like that natural ownership of like, I, I worked on this, everyone else should support it. But I think a lot of people when they're writing a book or they're, they're artists or musicians, there's this kind of insecurity or this like not wanting to bother people and do too much self-promotion. Mm. 
I mean, yeah, I think sometimes that's true. I thought actually you were going to say the opposite. Like they don't really. Well, I thought you were going to say like, they don't want like a musician wants to be like, I did all of this by myself, you know, instead of being like, Oh, it takes a village type of deal. Oh, I've, I've seen the other side of it. My boyfriend's a full-time musician. So I'm, I'm really connected with the DC music scene. So you have people who either do this very like over projection of like, seeming like they're doing big things and they're really doing like small kind of non, non-essential things that, that they're trying to blow up as looking bigger than they are. And mm-hmm. then there's people who are really talented who can't get out of their own way and promote themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they're too shy about well, it. Well, they're like, I don't want to offend people. I don't want to like seem like I'm full of myself. Like this is my, this is my stuff and I don't want to be judged. Oh, well, I think that is hard when you're putting yourself out there like that, just to be okay with like the criticism you're probably, I mean, that whenever you put yourself out there, you are going to get criticism, but also you're, you know, you invest a lot of time in whatever you're creating. So you should let people know about it. And most people are going to, I think, champion you and like, you know, if, if they don't, they're jerks. Exactly. <laughs> and there are always jerks, but you just have to be like, uh, that's their problem. They have then you send them a card. <laughs> yes, exactly. Change their mood. Send them a snarky card. They'll appreciate it. <laughs> but that just that's the thing, is like we've become so disconnected and like, you know, you know, you can send a text or an email and you feel like you're checking in with people or, or posting on someone's Facebook account or Instagram. But I know like when, when my friends send me cards or anything that's personalized, where like they've just taken two minutes out of their day. That's such an awesome feeling that mm-hmm. I feel like has been lost that needs to come back tenfold. And that's why I was so like really amped about talking to you about that of like where you see this connection of like the disconnection and the need to connect. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. A lot of our um, users are like, delete. I mean, even before like delete Facebook was, Bigger. I feel like our users were the type of people they're like no I actually deleted my Facebook a long time ago like we hear so many people be like I took my birthday off of Facebook because I'm so sick of like 50 people yes. who I hardly know just writing happy birthday on my wall you know it's like mm. to a point where it just feels insincere like you actually don't really care <laughs> like Facebook just told you it was my birthday and you took yeah. you just wrote that to me you know so I think like there is something about like, I think tech is good when it makes us better humans, but like sometimes it doesn't make us better humans. So I think like we're still all trying to figure out like how to interact with, you know, everything that's at our fingertips now and like how it's so easy to connect with everyone. But like, does that make our lives better all the time? I don't know. Like, I think we're all still figuring that out or like what's the right balance of like digital versus real life, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's a good point. Yeah. It's like, has, has uh, tech made us lazy? Yeah. I mean, in ways it I mean, I think it's made us so efficient and yeah, it's kind of like the busy thing too. Like, Mm -hmm are you really like too busy to do this or you're just like, and you, and, I mean, I'm sure when you say you're busy, we all say we're busy. We are legitimately doing something, but it's like transitioning to something else, like reaching out to a friend, going for coffee with a friend, like not taking that transition. Is that like a form of laziness? I don't know. Mm. I sometimes yeah. think so. 
I mean, I do it. So I'm calling myself lazy. I'm not judging. I've them. done it too. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, but I think it's the awareness of it of like, is this working for you? And if it's not, what, what changes are you willing to make? Right. You know, we didn't have phones our whole time, like our whole lives. Like I didn't have a phone until I was like out of college. Um, definitely not a smartphone. So this is a new era of, of being connected to technology all the time and the swiping and scrolling that happens. Yes. But it's designed to capture our attention, which means that we have to outsmart the machine in order to maintain our humanness. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, actually, I did an, an thing on South Dakota Public Radio because um, I'm originally from South Dakota. And the person they had on with me was a brain doctor, brain scientist. I don't know what his, I don't know if he was a neurologist or what, but anyways, we were talking about like, I had this theory that like getting a card, like, I don't know, there's something I think scientifically going on that like makes you feel so good. And anyways, the brain doctor or scientist, I don't know what I'm talking about, but he, uh, said like definitely and like that's what also like Facebook and Instagram totally feeds off of is like every time you get a like or comment it's like a little shot of dopamine so you know it's kind of like that's why it's so addicting to people and like the more you scroll like the less you can stop the scrolling because you're just like I don't know so immersed in it at a certain point yeah it's the chase for attention at that point even though it's it's completely superficial Right. Yes. It doesn't mean anything like you don't get more money because you, well, unless you're an influencer, but you don't get as an average person money because you get more likes or you don't become a better person because you have more likes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But you get like, it's like a self-esteem boost, but then, you know, I think it starts to a certain point and then it starts counteracting. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I put a client on a Facebook diet because she would get into the rabbit hole of scrolling. Mm-hmm. So she would give herself 15 minutes and that's all she was allowed to do in, in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. That's a good idea. I think everyone should go to a diet for just social media because it can be such a time suck. And then that goes back to the busy thing. It's like, well, are you that busy? Are you spending like wasting a lot of time on social and then like, being like, oh my God, I just wasted a half hour. Yeah. Like Where's double. your time actually going? Like if you yeah. spent a day and just tracked where you spent your time, like you'll see these holes, like where, wait, what was I actually doing? Yes, totally. Do you have a lot of your clients like record like what they're doing every like half hour or something like if that? If they have issues with run time management, if that's what we're working on, then I do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I actually don't necessarily think that people need to block their time, but it's really about where they feel most energized and passionate and energy flows during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they find themselves getting distracted by things, then, then the awareness to that and the accountability is, is the exercise that I would give them and do, do a week. And then if they didn't do it, then the question would be, well, why didn't you do it? Well, it was frustrating. I was like, because you didn't want to monitor it. <laughs> because you know that you're abusing the system. <laughs> but then the question is like, you know, how important is this to you? You know, what else could you be doing with your time versus giving this to, to this website? Mm-hmm. That's not giving you anything back. Like what, what would you, like when, it always cracks me up when people are like, I don't have time to work out or I don't have time to read or to learn a new skill. And then I was like, all right, track your time for the day and then tell me where you can find some pockets. 
So they have to find where it is. And it's usually when they're, you know, in the morning when they're scrolling or at night when they're scrolling and they're sitting and watching TV or doing something else, you know, people can spend hours Netflix binge watching, but, uh, but nobody says that I was like, just go get on a treadmill and download it and you can go watch it. Yeah. That's the trade off. But it's a matter of like, how important is it to you to make a different behavior change? Mm-hmm. Those are hard. Of course they're hard. <laughs> if it were easy, everyone would do it. There would be no personal trainers in the world. <laughs> that is- it would probably put out every coach in business. But, you know, we are, we are creatures of habit and we, we search for a reward and we have our cues. And, you know, The Power of Habit is a great book if you haven't read it. Um, but once you can outsmart yourself and be like, oh, that's what I'm doing. That's the cue. This is the behavior. And this is the assumed reward. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. So this is why like you don't get your, eat your dessert until you do your vegetables. So whatever it is like that you want to get done, do it first thing in the morning or do it before you sit down and watch Netflix. Like uh, whatever it is that you really look forward to in the day, do that after you do the thing that you kind of begrudgingly do. Yeah. Do you find that people that you, who you coach are more productive in the morning? No, actually. Um, I have a lot of people who are like afternoon and night owls. Like they, they get their surge of energy then. That's interesting. I'm totally a morning person. Me too. (laughs) We have people on our team who like stay up so late and I'm always like, wow, I would, I don't think I do anything. Like I'm just like too, like I'm done with my day at a certain point, you know? Yeah. No, I'm the same way. And, and I, my boyfriend is a night owl. Like he gets his day started at like two in the afternoon wow. and that's what I'm wrapping up because I want to start at seven. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's been, it's been really challenging to make that work because I want to go to bed early and he wants to stay up. So it's just now I don't even try to compromise. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm sleeping because my sleep is super important and I'm really cranky in the morning yeah. if I don't get enough sleep. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think that's super important of understanding like your team and your partner of when they get their, when they're most energized and when they need to kind of tone down and, and get their recharge on. Yeah, no, definitely. And Santiago is definitely more of a night person too and weekend person. I also like need to like step away a little bit on the weekends mm-hmm. where he Same. can like, keep <laughs> going and going and I'm like, that's cool. If you want to do that, I'm going to go for a hike. Yeah. I'm like, I need a nap. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> yeah. I, I need to go chill and walk. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way where I just need to kind of unplug because when you're interacting with people as much as, as, as I assume you are, then you really need to have that internal time to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good to step away too and get some clarity too. Always. Yeah. I, I, I just laugh when people are like, I'm just so frustrated. I can't make it work. I was like, okay, go have fun. What? How does that solve anything? Like go do something fun. Cause you're, you're bumming me out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, it's amazing. Like, where you can go and just be silly or go walk or, you know, go get a glass of water, whatever it is that takes you out of that moment of stress, the ideas and the opportunity will come in. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so true that you can try too hard. Like, it's not uh-huh. going to work if you try too hard, I think. So yeah, just like taking a breather, walking away and it will, ha- I mean, it will eventually happen. I'm always amazed where, um, when, when I have conflict about something, when something's not quite working and I have this urge of like going and trying to fix it. And then when I get up and walk away, 
like there'll be three emails or, or text messages waiting for me that they've resolved themselves. Yep. Especially yeah. with scheduling. It just kind of works yeah. out in the universe. Like where my client's like, oh, I'm running five minutes late. I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> I needed those five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it does work out. It does. It's just like we're sitting in, you know, it's a lot of waste of energy also like worrying about things and it affects like everything you're working on. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Stress is a no bueno, especially in the creative world or any world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it limits, it limits those options. So speaking of options, where do you see Punk Post going in the next, let's say, two to three years? Oh, two to three years. I mean, honestly, our this is a big aspiration, but our big aspiration is to really take over the greeting card industry. Nice. Um, not that we ever want people not to be able to buy cards themselves and write them themselves but I think we want like when people think greeting cards they think of punk posts too and that we can help them um you know connect with their dad for that father's day thank a friend for a dinner party um just reach out to a friend when they're bummed out about something um so we kind of just want to be like a hub of thoughtfulness um, so I love that goal. a hub of thoughtfulness. Yeah, that's great. That's like warm fuzzy. But you hear punk posts, and like I, I'm, I'm thinking of like studded noses and lips and, and mohawks and lots of f bombs. But this is sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think like the punk part where we came up with that is kind of being like giving more of a middle finger to like digital, like Facebook <laughs> and things like that. We're like, that stuff is, I mean, it has its place. So I'm going to say, Oh, that stuff is crap. But I'm like, okay, it does have its place, but mm-hmm. in moderation. And we're like, we're giving a middle finger to it in the sense that we're like, that's not your go-to for everything in some moments, like should be, celebrated in a different way um than digital provides so yeah i think we're more like um bucking at um text messages and emails and things i use every day you know yeah but i I, it, it sounds like there's there is the need for it for the standard communication but for those special moments to maintain a healthy relationship or to show someone that you care this is the amplified message yeah exactly you got it Awesome. So how many, how many, how many pieces are you guys sending out a year? Oh, actually, that's a very good question that I don't know the answer (gasps) to. Um, Santiago knows all the data much. Oh, that's right. You don't like numbers. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) I like to make things pretty and fun. And he likes to do the numbers part and like building the app and things like that. So um, I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did. But um, we're having a very good year so far this year. And we're like really excited about what the rest of the year holds. Um, I guess... If you want to know, I can tell you the busiest times of the year are holidays and Mother's Day, which people probably are not like shocked by. Yeah. Um, But we've also just recently launched um, what we're calling Punk Post Projects, which is like the online version of Punk Post. And we've launched it thinking you know, businesses had been reaching out to us and like asking for something where they can send, you know, bunches, hundreds of cards mm-hmm. in one sitting to like clients or 
birthday cards for their clients throughout the year and just schedule them and kind of um, leave them. So each one's still personalized and handwritten, but you know, they can do it on their desktop since a lot of people don't like to be on their phones at work. Mm -hmm. So we did it for that, but we've seen like so many people wanting to send single cards because it's really set up so that you send a lot of cards at once. So um, we're kind of rejigging that a bit. You'll still be able to send batches, but we're also letting people um, send individual cards from their desktop as well. So that's, that's awesome. like a big thing we're working on now. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's such a great idea because I mean, I remember having to send out corporate cards. Actually, when I was like 10 or 12, my mom would have me hand write them um, because she was in insurance and I hated that job. Oh yeah. Uh, It was so, (laughs) like my hand would cramp up. Um, But that's, I mean, the personal touch, I I listened to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk and it's like this whole um, economy of gratitude and, and showing that personal touch that really connects with the consumer and with your clients. That, that creates that repeat business. Oh yeah, definitely. And just like, you know, letting your customers or clients know that you thought of them or remember yeah. their special moment, whether, you know, we have realtors who um, send cards to their um, clients whenever their house anniversary comes up, like, oh, you've been in your house two years now, three. So that's, you know, it's like a special moment, like these big deal you know, it's a big deal in someone's life and that you were with them at that moment and to mm-hmm. celebrate it and just birthdays and like, reti- yeah, we sent, we actually do a lot of insurance people use us. Insurance people are really good about sending yeah. cards. I've noticed. It's funny. I, I just was at uh, the national association of insurance and financial advisors conference in DC two weeks ago. I just sent the president elect an email. So maybe I should have sent her a card. You still can. I can. I'm going to do that. <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> yeah. That's no, awesome. Yeah. Financial people and insurance people are on top of their thank you game, it seems like. They are on top. Of, I was going to ask you what industry is on top of their game. <laughs> yeah. It's um, realtors, fi- yeah, financial advisors, and insurance agents, I think, are the most. And then, like, some, like, people who have maybe – fewer clients like wedding photographers and people on that wavelength. Awesome. Well, that sounds, that sounds great. I mean, I wasn't even thinking that when we were initially, initially talking about the individual card game and now corporate. Well, that's, that's like next level 2.0. Very <laughs> cool. So. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to let my people know in the insurance world because I've got a stack of cards now to go reach out to. I'm like, Hey, you need to check this out. And I'm going to send them this podcast so they can actually hear about it. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, win-win. That's it. The Spitfire Circle keeps expanding. (laughs) (laughs) You go to a lot of conferences like that? Well, I used to be in the association world. So a lot of my connections are still there. I actually had a meeting uh, last night with someone who's still in there who's looking to actually open a business. Um, But yeah, I was an executive director for 11 years. So a lot of my friends are still in that world and I'll just go and check in and see if anybody needs coaching. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Everybody needs coaching. (laughs) Yes. I believe that I need coaching. I don't have coaching, but I should. (laughs) Well, I know about 5,000 coaches. So you let me know what you need. Yeah. Actually, I probably know more than that. I have access to a lot. Um, But yeah, there's, there's certified coaches all over the place that have different skill sets. Um, I can send you all that information. Okay, I'm probably going to ask you to do that. Cool. 
Well, Lex, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me today. I, I am now feeling much more informed about the custom greeting card game, and I now have to step up my game um, and, start, and start doing this because emails just don't cut it. Yeah, I hope it's useful and helpful to you. It will. So I, if people want to check out and send cards through PunkPost, where should they go? Um, they can go to www.punkpost.co um, or you can go directly to the App Store um, and check it out there. iOS only. iOS only. Okay. So uh, I'm good. But for all those Android people, what are you doing with an Android? Um, <laughs> Android, yeah. Or you can just use, you know, the Punk Post projects if you have Android. There you go. Okay, so I'll have this up in the show notes, and I want to see what people come up with because I think it'd be cool of some maybe some Spitfire inspired cards. Oh my god, that would be great. (laughs) I'm getting inspired now. (laughs) Awesome, and we'll be in touch about the illustrator because I think that would be awesome too. Oh yeah, definitely. Just send me an email and let let me know what you're looking for, and I can like suggest some people. Very cool. Well, this has been a very. brainstorming, dot connecting, uh, greeting card. I don't know. What was it? The hub, the hub of what? Of thoughtfulness. Hub of thoughtfulness. It has been a hub of thoughtfulness today. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule and for not saying you were too busy to join me today. (laughs) Oh, no worries. Thank you. Awesome. And for all those fires out there, keep being awesome.